Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And this story yesterday that broke, that research conducted by the Jerusalem Post staff, several sources uncovered what appears to be a network of several South African organizations and strawman companies deeply involved with funding of Hamas activities. And that is through the Al-Quds Foundation, and it's an international group sanctioned by the U.S. and outlawed by Israel. We'll be chatting to the journalist a little bit later, around about 8.10, but uh, we wanted to try and understand what this actually means. Michael Kransdorf is an international tax practitioner. Michael, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Hi, Howard. How are things going? Uh, very well. Interesting times, as the Chinese curse says. But let's just talk <laughs> about how. what did you make of the story, firstly? So I think it's a really interesting story that broke yesterday and has, you know, very serious uh, implications for for South Africa. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, South Africa is currently grey listed by mm. the uh, International uh, Finance Task Force. And, uh, you know, we're um, supposed to be putting measures in place to, um, to, to get out of that grey listing and improve our, our regulatory environment. And one of the major areas where we where we've come down or been marked down is on terror financing and oh, yeah. uh, anti-money laundering and money laundering procedures so that is you know a serious weakness in our financial uh, architecture it's been identified and um you know so it's not surprising uh, to, to read the article but it will you know the government is actually working quite hard to try and reverse the gray listing and uh, this will raise some red flags internationally um, and uh, potentially delay uh, that process. What is likely, is it, is it a, uh, a weakness in our system that allowed this to happen? I, I have to say that I would find it very hard to believe that any of those banks will, knowingly uh, were involved in this. So, and, and I think that's important. I think our, our banks in South Africa, certainly the ones mentioned and the other major banks, I would imagine, I think, are of very, very high uh, integrity and and it would shock me if uh, there was any knowledge of this. You might have a bad apple within the organisation, uh, as and we've seen that before. But uh, that would be my thought on it. Is is uh, would you agree with that? Well, uh, yeah. The, look, the Financial Action Task Force actually did a, a very detailed review of South Africa's anti-money laundering legislation and procedures about a year ago. And made you know quite serious recommendations, about 20 recommendations that South Africa needed to improve the architecture. So there, there really are flaws um, in the way, yeah, uh, these these uh, money laundering and terror financing is handled, and the banks are obviously at the forefront of that. So um, you know there are shortcomings that have been internationally identified, and South Africa committed to working on those. Um, they did pass certain laws um, to tighten up on terror financing and any, any, any anti-money laundering activities. But um, prosecution is a big problem. So there aren't, uh, you know, look, as we saw with the Zuma corruption issues, uh, mm. the Zondo Commission, not, no one's gone to jail. So, um, you know, the prosecution is a major weakness in the system uh, that, that the international community has identified. So, um, but, you know, also controls and... Um, the risk assessment of how any you know terror financing is is, is looked at um, it was also identified so organizations charities etc 
uh, there wasn't enough detailed analysis of the beneficial owners, who are the actual people that stand behind these organizations. So South Africa started uh, to implement that, but it's a slow process and obviously, um, you, you know, it takes time to, to, to get actioned. So but does it the is onus, possible. You, you know, what you're speaking about, obviously, is the legislation or the safeguards created within the whole system. Surely the banks individually need to make sure that they hold themselves to the highest standard and that, they, that their systems are, are as robust as possible. Look, they have to follow the letter of the law, and the law wasn't as stringent possibly as it should have been up till now. So, But that has changed, and uh, there is much more pressure on banks to follow the chain. But it's, you know, if you've got pyramid structures of companies with layers and layers of companies and companies, it's quite hard uh, to, to dig in and find out who are the actual people behind these transactions. It's not simple transactions. Mm. And... Um, you know, for a, the bank deals with hundreds of companies and thousands of, of, of transactions a minute, you know what I mean? So um, it is possible that they miss um, a few and, um, you know, you just need to, yeah, so I think there, there should be an investigation by the banks and probably probably the Reserve Bank as well to find out what, what actually is going on. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, charities were actually identified by the Financial Action Talk Tools as one of the, the weak spots of where terror financing is actually taking place. So that was identified in their report on South Africa. So, um, yeah, again, you know, the, we, we don't know what due diligence was done by the banks um, on these organizations that are mentioned. How did they get bank accounts? Where are the flows going? Where are the flows coming from? You know, they should have raised flags from suspicious countries, um, but but you never know. What are the possible repercussions on this? Uh, so I think you know, one of the major ones for South Africa is that um, the chances of us uh, reversing the grey listing is probably delayed. Um, it will make it more difficult for us to convince, if it's found to be true, it will make mm-hmm. it more difficult for us to convince uh, the Financial Action Task Force that we actually are doing enough to stop uh, terror financing and have put in sufficient anti-money laundering um, uh, you know, legislation and actions. So that's a, that would be a big blow to the country. Um, and on a smaller level, I guess, if the banks have um, violated uh, anti-terror and anti-money laundering um Rules. There could be financial penalties for that. You know, they could. Uh, so there could be sanctioned, but from a, from a fund, they, from a, a penalties perspective. Yeah, they could be fined. Yeah, the banks could be fined. You know, and and who does who who finds them? Is that the uh, is that local? You know, can there be any repercussions? Yes, for example, yes. um, if if any of those organisations are sanctioned by the USA, um, what what are the implications there? You know, as you said, I don't think the banks are deliberately taking part in this. So I think it's more—it's uh, more an oversight or a, you know, or insufficient controls or reviews. I don't think that um, you know, worst case scenario, the banks would be <laughs> sanctioned as being being uh, involved in terror financing. But I don't think that would be the case. I think uh, it would more be that they would be—you know—there would be fines uh, imposed on them for. For, for not adhering to, mm. to, to mm. rules and um, which has happened before on, on, on lots of issues on uh, KYC issues the banks were fined a few years ago 
quite significant amounts of money for not uh, you know being up to date with systems and and not doing sufficient kyc on their customers so these things do happen from time to time um but um, yeah so i think it'll most, mostly be a a fine on the banks um if, if they are found to be guilty what's interesting to me is that so far the story hasn't appeared in uh, in in any of the south african press why wh- wh- is this a is it not a big story is it a story maybe it only broke yesterday that'll take time for for the press to uh, to get uh, to 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 really understand or to look at or is this something that uh, they would rather not go to I think it's a very relevant story for the financial press, given the grey listing, as I've mentioned. I think, uh, you know, it should definitely be covered. And, uh, you know, we do have some very good investigative journalists in the country. I would hope that they would uh, dig into this and try and find out, uh, you know, where the flows are going and how the flows actually work. Mm. Um, We'll have to see. Uh, It would help, I guess, if, um, if it was a public statement by... You know, an international organization, um, you know, if the U.S., for example, were to issue a statement raising concerns about terror financing in South Africa, I guess that would get the attention of the media. At the moment, it's, uh, you know, just uh, it is just speculation based on on information in an article. You know it's quite I mean? extensive, so it though, hey? It's not just wild speculation. You know, there, there's names of companies and directors and where the money, you know, does seem to be a fairly, um, a, a, a fairly well-researched uh, article. There's certainly enough there uh, for, for somebody to know that it needs to be taken seriously. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And I think it's part of a... There's also the bigger issue of, you know, you, you've been raising it uh, over the few days of, of financing, international financing uh, for the RCJ campaign and uh, mm. and the, the ANC's funding. I mean, there have been articles in the South African press about that, but we haven't really got to the but They've to the been very also trying as hard as they can to make sure that we know that there's nothing... Um, concrete there that is just speculation but when you start to look at all of this together and you you hear the you know that type of approach that may be uh, you know speculation about uh, possible Iranian finance or wherever it could have come from and then you see that the flows of money were were quite um, porous it was quite easy for that for money to flow uh, the picture together whilst inconclusive certainly doesn't look very good for South Africa. Yeah, look, I think, that, as I said, there needs to be a serious investigation done. Now. I think the banks, I'm sure, after the article, will probably do internal uh, reviews and investigations. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Reserve Bank and the Treasury are also on top of it, given uh, the grey listing. I think it's a very sensitive issue. So I hope uh, that they would deal with it. And, um, you know, Israel's also actually set up an international task force with 16 other countries to look into charities that are funding Hamas. Um, so there is quite a lot of international support to try and stop this uh, terror financing of Hamas. And, um, you know, if they were to issue a statement uh, condemning South Africa, I think that would be, would be quite devastating. 
Indeed, that is where we leave it. It is 7.31. That was Michael Kranzdorf. He's an international tax practitioner talking to us about this Jerusalem Post article uh, talking about the report that South African banks provided platforms to fund Hamas and uh, what the consequences might be. 7.31, good morning.